If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, it's Lisa. How is everybody doing tonight? I felt compelled uh, to do a podcast about bereavement and grieving the loss of a loved one, Uh, whether this be someone in your family, immediate family, or it could be uh, somebody else. Um, and I'm just going to share a little bit about my experiences, and I would very much welcome anybody if they'd like to call in and do the same. Uh, Maybe uh, share a little bit about how they've gotten through the grief process, or maybe you're in the middle of it. Um, I'm probably going to keep this kind of brief tonight, but I'll do more episodes because I'm... uh, really, really tired right now. It took me a while to get this show uh, started. I just got my premium membership, so there were a lot of things, and then there was stuff going wrong with my computer. (laughs) So um, I really meant to do the broadcast, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of hours ago when I was a little more awake. But I still felt very, very compelled for some reason to do this tonight. Uh, Maybe there's a reason in that somebody will be interested in listening to this tonight, or uh, possibly tomorrow, and there'll be some kind of a purpose for my having done this right now. Um, First of all, uh, like life, death is a mystery. So, yes, there are stages of grief, um, as has been noted uh, by uh, Kubler-Ross, Um, the stages of grief, but then these stages may continue on for many years. I I don't know that it's down to um, an exact science as to how you deal with the loss of a loved one. I will just share something with you and tell you that um, both of my parents have departed um, a number of years ago now, I lost uh, my dad in 2005 and my mother in 2007. Previous to their deaths, I often worried, how am I going to cope with my parents leaving the earth plane? (laughs) You know, these people who were a constant source of um, support to me, and they're always in my life. so, you know, we didn't have a perfect relationship, but that's besides the point. They were really um, an integral part of my life. So I worried about that. What is this going to be like? Am I going to be able to survive the loss of my parents? And when it happened, that and I, I lost them basically uh, pretty soon you know i mean two years apart isn't very much time 
when you're grieving the loss of one parent and then the next one. Uh, so it's almost like they died at the same time because on some level, time really doesn't seem to exist. There are theories about that too, that time is just a big illusion, so on and so forth. So anyway, when I was dealing with the grief, the loss of my parents, um, it was very, very difficult time. Now this was in, as I said, 2005 and then 2007. And luckily I did find a small support group. This was actually in a church that I wasn't actually a member of, but they, they held this, this support group in a church. And the people there told me something that I found very hard to believe at the time. And that's why one reason I'm doing this podcast tonight is that I want to tell you this is true. That even though you feel when your parents or perhaps another loved one who you're very attached to dies, you feel that um, you know that your life will never be the same. You will never be the same again. But the feeling is one as if you'll never, you know, you can't move on from this point of grief that you're stricken with, this this, uh, very, very intense uh, sadness. Uh, you know, it's just never going to lift, never going to change. So I am here to tell you, as the kind and friendly people in the support group told me, is true, is that it this this will pass. You will get past this stage. Uh, you will get to a point. And again, as I said, I couldn't even believe it. I could not believe that was the case. But eventually... Within, I would say, about a year from that point when I was in that group, um, and I, I was I only went to actually a couple, just a few meetings there, but I'm saying about a year from the point that I had, had gone, uh, that grief um, really shifted. Now, this is already, you know, it's whatever. I'm, my math isn't so good, but it's... Um, 2005 is uh, 10 years ago, and actually my parents both died right around the same date, too, which was kind of eerie. Um, So my father died on the 5th of April and my mother on the 4th, and she really loved, uh, he really loved, sorry, I told you I'm tired, he really loved Easter. So he died right right about Easter, right about that time. So it was um, really kind of eerie. Anyway, so it's it's about it's ten years since my father's death, and um, help me with the math here, eight years for my mother, and I am still uh, grieving their loss, but it's just taken on a different sort of state where um, I'm not in this deep entrenched feeling of grief it's it's lightened a lot um lightened up a lot and what's really interesting is that just that pure feeling of love 
that sometimes might have been clouded if there were uh, disagreements or tension um, in our relationships, of which there was at times. Um, all of that just just dis- just disappears, and what's left is just this feeling of pure love. So it's kind of, in a way, a higher form of love. Because there is no no longer any attachment to any um, ideas or any uh, patterns of um, behavior or reactions that may have caused um, or can cause hurt, pain, um, discord, conflict, drama. None of that can happen anymore. What you are left with, what I've been left with, is just this pure, very light feeling. And um, it's actually a beautiful feeling. Because in a way, I feel that the spirit of my parents is still with me. It's just different. And this is where... um, Time doesn't seem to exist. So I kind of get a, a sense of that. Um, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. But um, anyway, dealing with death is its just almost an impossible thing to do. Unless you yourself have experienced something like... Um, you know where you've you've actually died and then been revived, and which I haven't. And in some ways, I wish that I have ha- would have that experience. Not that I want to, but if I had, then at least I'd have some sense of knowing, which I don't know that I have. You know, I'm just not sure about anything. And the strange thing is. Uh, a person can be so present in your life in a certain way, and then when they die, the question is, what? What? How could they just? Even though, even though it may seem inevitable, and you're trying to accept it. Let's say the person is in their 90s or 100 years old, 110, and there are people living that long, by the way. Um, You know, on some level, your brain may say, oh, yeah, you know, I understand that it's time for them to get a break from this this life and move on to another place where, you know, their bones aren't aching and they're, you know, they're they're really going to be free. Maybe they were in pain, for example, and you want them to be free of pain. You want them to not be suffering anymore. So that's that's like one one way of thinking about the whole thing. But on another level, it's very very hard to accept that a person can be here and then gone. And the same thing for pets, of course, too. If you love pets as I do, um you know, I had to put my dog uh down. It, this was a uh, a couple of years ago and it was the most of course gut-wrenching heart-wrenching thing to have to do but it was also extremely bizarre because 
in one moment she was fully alive and then within really seconds she was gone 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 i don't know where but gone so that's what i'm saying i'm saying that the energy that a person has in your life the intensity the connection you feel the physicality of them the way that they talk, their the sound of their voice, um, and if you're, you know, if the person who is in your life has died, but maybe they were unable to talk before they passed, um, there was still that the energy you felt with them, the physicality, you know, and then to have that gone is just very, very, very strange. So one of the stages of grieving that's been noted is uh, denial. That's number one, denial that this is even happening. You know, and my feeling is not only, you know, we use that as a coping mechanism, it's just it's just so hard to believe, Period. It's hard to believe that a person who was so major in your life has just basically disappeared from the way that they were with you, their physicality. Now, I watched my parents change over time, as we all do, Uh and age, and the age I I would say I'm most connected to in them is the age I most remember, which was the the time before they each died. So they were each in their 80s, and that's what I'm remembering more than anything. Because my my recall as a child, I mean, I've got photographs of them, but I really remember their physicality closer to the point of their deaths or maybe within about 10 years of their deaths. Um, So going back to what I was saying before, um, I was deeply immersed in this feeling initially that this would never lift, that in some way my life was over, that you know, here I have lost my two anchors in my life. The people who brought me into this world, the people who I was in close contact with, and then to have them just, you know, go uh, and no longer be present in that way it was just a... It, it was a very, very bizarre experience. And as I say, the feeling I had was now, you know, it was like the 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 floor fell out from under me. It was like floating in outer space. Now, I mentioned this sort of a feeling of lightness. Well, Well, if you don't have anchors, you know, keeping you grounded as... I feel my parents were to me, um, you're now floating 
around, you know, without the anchors. So it's a sort of a disconcerting, who am I feeling? It's like, well, I defined myself in terms of my relationship with them, and now they're gone. You know, I can't, I can't talk to them. I can't talk to them. At least I can't talk to them the way I used to talk to them. I can't hear their voices. Their voices that I grew up hearing, now I can't hear those voices again in the way that I heard them. You know, maybe in dreams or something, but... So who am I was my question. Who You have to, I mean, in the stages of grief that are classical, this is not, I haven't read that this is part of the definition of the stages, but you need to, I'm going to add something in there, uh, that you need to redefine who you are. You need to say, okay, this is who I thought I was when, in this example, as I've given, when my parents were alive, as I was connected to them. They were part of me and my world, and I was part of their world. So now they're not on this planet anymore. Who am I? Well, what happens is, um, as a very smart man by the name of John Bradshaw said, I don't know if you're familiar with him, He wrote the epic book, uh, Healing the Shame That Binds You. Um, He was featured on Channel 13, and um, he did a series. This is now a number of years ago, but phenomenal, phenomenal guy. And his theory was that you don't really grow up until your parents die. So... It does make sense. So you have to, as far as reevaluating who you are when your parents die, um, in there you start to now, well, you can't turn to your mom anymore. If you have a problem, you can't hear her voice talking to you. This one unconditional love element in your life so precious and then your 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 dad if you're lucky enough as I was to have both parents around for a while can't have that anymore and if that was who your identity how you identified yourself now you got to re you got to you got to reparent yourself so to speak you got to reassess and start it's like you're starting over although you have all the influence from your childhood, you're starting starting over again in a way. Okay, you're starting over again. You now have to depend on yourself. So it's kind of an interesting change. Uh, but, you know, this, uh, this feeling of loss, it, it, it doesn't go away. But it does lighten up so again if I can help you by listening to this podcast to just assure you that if you are feeling like you are at your lowest point right now that you know there's nothing more for you because someone you love so dearly 
is now no longer here on the Earth plane. Uh, I'm going to tell you that you need to hang in there because you're going to get through this. You're going to get the and and moving through it doesn't mean you don't love the person who's departed or people who've departed. It just means that you're you've come to terms in a new way about their death, and that that agony, that uh, entrenched feeling of you can't get out from under will pass. It will pass. It'll change to where you can function again and not be feeling like your life is over. So I hope that helps you. And um, I I am going to do more podcasts like this. So please, you know, click on follow me on my podcast so you can you can stay informed of when I'm doing the next one like this. Um, the other thing I would like to say is we not only deal with the loss of our loved ones, we have to also face our own mortality. And when I was much younger, um, I just didn't even see it coming. You know, it's like, well, you know, let's say, you know, when you're a little kid, it's like, I'm five years old and two weeks and one day. I mean, everything with little kids is how fast can I get older, you know, because I I don't want to stay this young. I want to be older. So, but during that time, those, those years of, of childhood, which seemed to just take forever to get through, right? Isn't that funny? Um, that at that point, when I was a kid, I just I couldn't even imagine. Thirty was like really, really, really old to me. You know, it's, it's ridiculous, right? And it was not never coming. That's the other thing. It's like, well. You know, I'm whatever. I'm just going to throw out an age here. Fifteen. I'm fifteen years old, and I will never. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to turn twenty, but you know, thirty. I'll never. I'll never get there. Not that I'm going to, you know, do myself in or anything like that. And I never recommend that path. By the way, um, we can talk about talk about Robin Williams maybe a little bit too. Speaking about that path, or maybe not, or maybe another time. But um, anyway, getting back to what I was saying, so I I just couldn't see 30 coming. But you know what? It did. And when 30 came, I was was scared to death. I thought I was going to die. I don't know why. It's the probably the tremendous stigma this culture puts on age. And how you're supposed to stay young forever and ever and ever and ever and never get any older than 25. So I'm here to tell you, if you are 20, you are going to get older. You know, God willing, you're still on this planet. You're going to get there. So moving on through that a bit, as you 
get to the next decade and so on and so forth, you, and that is, again, God willing, you're healthy and you're still here, um, you have to start looking at your own mortality. Okay, well, it happened to them, so it's going to happen to me too. Some people aren't really scared of death, but that's just a whole other topic. You know, it's like, I am, I would like not to be, but part of the perplexingness of death um, is, I guess, connected to one's own attitudes about their own mortality. So if you have conviction in a religious belief, that can help tremendously. Another road you can take um, is to seek other types of, um, for example, Teresa Caputo. If anybody sees her, she she says that she channels uh, loved ones. So the theory there, and many believe this, is that you can actually communicate with somebody who has departed, but beyond that, that the person is actually still around you, that they're hanging around, they're they're not gone. So perhaps you can take comfort in that idea. If you, and I would love to hear from you, if you've experienced anything like that, where somebody died and then uh, you were somehow reminded of them in a kind of uncanny way. You know, like, it could be anything. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting, very very interesting idea and opens up the door to a whole other level of consciousness about what is going on or how little we really know about life and death and all this. But I don't want to offend anybody because there may be people listening who have the very, very firm beliefs in um, exactly what happens when you die, and and that's fine. You know, if this is what you believe in, then that will get you through the grieving and will help you tremendously. But I'm not here uh, to preach anything, I'm only sharing with you what happened with me when I lost my parents. The thing I was, one of the things I was most worried about, and that I got through it, and I'm okay. And sometimes, you know, you may have heard the darkest before the dawn, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, your things will never get any better. You're never going to see the light of day after situation. And yes, things can be but things can be just like terrible. Like let's say you know, God forbid you lost a child. I I can't even begin to know what that's like. But it happens. I have a relative who experienced that. Her daughter 
uh, died. Um, she was very young. You know, she was like early 20s, had everything going for her, and her car flipped over. She was driving in the middle of the night, uh, no seatbelt. I'm not really understanding that because she was actually a very, very smart person. So it was a little strange, the whole thing, but, you know, we went to her uh, wake, and there she was in this casket, and it was just unbelievable. Again, I'm saying unbelievable because it doesn't match up to anything. So I'm talking about something beyond denial here. I'm I'm not talking about denial. I am talking about how we just can't even conceive or understand it. And it doesn't make sense, especially if somebody dies very young. This is, sets up a whole nother set of emotions. And then, you know, if somebody was victimized, murdered, it's terrible. These are just, these, this topic is, is just, it's not good. But... That, or let's say someone died uh, tragically in a like the World Trade Center, which was a form of murder as well. So you, that was like genocide, right? So not only would you, in a situation like that, you'd be dealing with the shock, you know, and disbelief, but then... You're dealing with the victimization of this having happened to your loved one. That they were hurt by somebody, and that's why they're gone. So I have to say, I'm lucky to, t- to say that I have not experienced that. But I can just I I can begin to imagine how much more complicated that one is to deal with. Um. So, and then you take somebody like Robin Williams, now this is a whole nother thing. you got somebody who takes it into their own hands to do themselves in. And with that, I think that we all feel a sense of abandonment, betrayal. Like, how can this person do this? How can they, in a case of somebody like Robin Williams... You know, here they're they're a role model to millions of people, and what are they what are they teaching now? So, I try to have compassion for him. I know that he was very very troubled, but still he left behind. I believe he he left young children behind. So. There's kind of a little bit unforgivable component in there, but I'm not here to judge him. I'm just saying if I was his family, part of his family, I the the amount of shock and horror would be it would be unbelievable. Just trying to deal with that part, I think it would just take a very long time to process that. And that, just to cope with it, you'd have to slip into some forms of denial. 
you know, you'd have to. And deal with it as you're able to. This is another thing, dealing with the death, the loss of a loved one. You do it a little bit at a time. You know, you cannot expect yourself to get over something like this. I read somewhere the best way to get over something is to go through it. I thought that was great. This idea that you allow yourself the time to grieve and heal. If you just kind of say, oh, I'm not going to let this bother me, this isn't really happening, uh, well, then you're just kind of delaying and denying yourself a very, very human process of grieving, a human need. And crying, you know, if you're if you're not a big crier and you don't want to show any tears, well, I think all bets are off when you're when you're going through the loss of a loved one. People understand, you know, they they understand. So, I say, cry as much as you need to because crying can be very healing. I'm saying can be unless you're crying nonstop for years at a, on end or something where you just can't get out of bed. I'm not talking about this. I am talking about a period of time where you're going to be feeling things happening that remind you of this person, the relationship you had, and out of the blue also, you're going to be hit most likely with surprise, you know, uh, things that really shake you up or remind you of them, and maybe you start crying then, you know, really get choked up or, you know, let it happen because it's going to happen. If you cared about that person, you know, just to cope day to day, you will uh, probably just try and, you know, well, kind of, I'm trying to look for the word here. Um, take it day by day, you know, measure sort of maybe even regulate a bit what you're feeling so it doesn't all overcome you, you know, so that you can't function. See, this is another thing, by the way. I mean, it always kind of kind of amazes me and has always amazed me that people at a funeral – can be functioning, <laughs> even laughing, smiling. And that's because life still goes on, you know, and your loved one who's departed would not want you to be, you know, incapable of functioning. And then we have this thing also, it's called survival, the need to survive, and that that takes that takes charge, and it's just you got this kind of adrenaline going, I guess, when you're planning a funeral or a memorial service, where you just you know you just do it, and then you have all the support of all these people, and that is extremely comforting, and you're all kind of going through this together, and. It's a powerful time. 
I mean, there's they say, you know, the, the, the you the only time you see each other is weddings and funerals. Well, I don't know if that's true, but you know, for some families that may be the case because those are important times, you know. But all I can say is you've got to be good to yourself. And you've got to, every day you wake up, if you're going through this grieving process, whatever it is, no matter how small it is or seemingly inconsequential, find a second to enjoy something that day, that moment. You wake up. Maybe it's a sunny day. Be glad you're you're alive and you're still feeling life and that you have had this connection with this person that meant so much to you. Uh, just count your blessings every day, just a little bit, and do something good for yourself, whatever it is. You know, it could be something simple. Just go take a walk and... Uh, if you need to take a little extra space to yourself, go ahead and do it, you know. Or if somebody's talking to you and they're asking questions and you just don't want to talk about something, or you can just tell them, you know, I'm just really not comfortable right now. You know, you can set a boundary with people. Don't be afraid to do that. And And if you're... On the other end, and you're this is something I understand people feel very awkward around those who've lost someone. they don't know what to say. Well, don't worry about it. you know it's just like just be there and say, "You can even say that. I don't know what to say. I want to be able to comfort you i just i I don't really know what I can do. Can you tell me what you need? Can I do something for you?" Or the classic, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. That's, a lot of people say that. Really, all that anybody really wants is to know that you care. And you can do that in very few words. How about just a hug, you know? So just to know that you're there and you're feeling feeling somebody's pain with them is really a comfort. So you have, you know, don't avoid going to see somebody because they've lost somebody because you're afraid you don't know what to say. Just know that your being, your presence in that person's life is what really matters, especially at that time. And that that's a big gift in and of itself that you're you're thinking of them and you're there for them. So, and you know, in future podcasts of, on this topic, um, perhaps uh, people would like to call in and share their stories about anything I've talked about tonight or anything else about this topic. So. I think I'm going to close on this podcast tonight. I normally would have some music, and I just I don't even have that tonight. It was all sort of last minute put together here just to just to put this podcast to do this podcast tonight because I really, really, really wanted to do it tonight. 
No matter how tired I feel, I just really felt I have to do this tonight. So I believe that there is somebody out there listening to this or somebody who will listen to it in archive who will say, yes, thank you, I needed this podcast. This was just at the right time when I was at my wit's end. I didn't know what to do. Oh, and by the way, one other thing. Please, please don't turn to drinking as your solution or drugs or anything like that. That is not the answer. It's not going to help you grieve faster, get over it. You know, it's only going to dehydrate you and give you a headache. You know, turn to other people. Turn to God. Just be good to yourself. You know. I'm talking about here not, you know, resisting the urge to drown your sorrows. You know what I mean? And by the way, there's some really nice herbal teas like uh, chamomile tea, which is very calming, which could be helpful. But um, if you need to be around people, get those people together as your soldiers to help you during this time, you know. And I really, really would love it if you would call and, you know, stay tuned for the next podcast and call, call in so that I can be of support to you. And, hey, maybe you can be of support to me, although I am not going through this, this wor- the worst part of grief right now. I'm I'm, I'm past that. I still certainly miss my parents very much, um, but it's just very, very different now. So I'm in a place where I could actually do this podcast and feel like now I could actually be helpful to people who are dealing with something very similar right now, you know. So anyway, I wish you all a good night. And if you're listening to this in archive, whatever time of day it is for you, good morning, good afternoon. And um, I really, really hope to hear from you soon. And don't forget to follow my podcast. Take care now.